Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. Let's go ahead and pray right now, and we'll get into the Word of God. Father, we bless you in Jesus' name. We ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us to help us in the ministry of the Word of God today. And Lord, we believe you for accuracy, both in the speaking of the Word and in the hearing of it. And Father, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. We're in Luke chapter 11, and in this session, we're going to be talking about the prayer of importunity uh, and how that we always get answers to our petitionary prayers. And there are some prerequisites that we have to understand first uh, in order to receive an answer to prayer. But uh, and we'll we'll look at these along the way. And so we're in Luke chapter 11 and we're beginning in verse one. Notice Uh, This is uh, Jesus with his disciples now. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So uh, here we have both leaders, both Jesus and we have John, uh, good leaders. A good leader will always teach his people uh, how to pray. Amen. Praise God. So that's one of the uh, supreme tasks of each and every pastor is to make sure that his people uh, know how to pray. And if a pastor wants his congregants to pray, then he has got to pray himself. And also he has to make sure that his congregants know that he's praying and that he will use his prayer life as an example to teach them. Of course, if we're not getting answers to prayer, then we're going to have to back up and re-examine the manner in which we are praying. But if we'll follow along with the Lord Jesus, and if we'll employ the same type of uh, modeling uh, in prayer that Jesus taught and practiced, then we'll get answers to prayer. Uh, There is no doubt at all in my mind because God is 99.9% interested and willing. Uh, actually, we'll say it this way. God is 100% interested in giving answers to our prayers. But like a, um, like a contract uh, in the natural world, there are certain things that we have to do in the spirit world when it comes to praying. And Jesus has laid them out. And we'll go through these uh, as we go along in this session today. Amen. But notice now in verse one, the disciples, they come to Jesus and possibly they were listening to the Lord. Maybe they were close enough to hear him pray. And he was praying in a way that uh, was so different and has so much more depth uh, than than what they were taught or how they adopted prayer. And so. They asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I find it very interesting. We are now in the third year of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And so what that means is that the 12 now have been with him for three years. And here Jesus is. He's just a few months away from the ultimate finish of his ministry here on earth. And three years have passed, and now they ask the Lord, teach us to pray. And to me, that's a little bit late, but we can't criticize the disciples. 
I mean, we've been the same way. How many years have we gone before we really sat down and thought, well, you know what? Let's follow the way the Lord taught us to pray and maybe we'll get answers to prayer ourselves." You know, prayer is not a shot in the dark. You know, we just throw them up there. We just bombard heaven. You know, we just uh, throw, you know, fill our quiver full of uh, prayer arrows and just shoot, shoot them up in the air or shoot them somewhere hoping that we'll hit something. No, that's not godly praying. That's not scriptural praying. Praying according to the scriptures will get answers to our prayers. Amen. And so let's follow along with the Lord Jesus. Let's do exactly what he tells us to do. And uh, and then begin to act upon what he taught and what others have taught in the scriptures, what the scriptures teach us uh, concerning prayer. And we'll get answers to a prayer. Now, verse one, the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. And really, this should be the heart of every disciple. Uh, you know, the desire to be as his master and as his teacher. That's what discipleship is. I'm a disciple of Jesus. You're a disciple of Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Amen. Or else we would not be disciples of him. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we want to be like Jesus. Don't you remember singing that song to be like Jesus? Amen. Praise God. And so we want to learn how to pray like he did. And so that's very that is very, very um, not just interesting, but it's telling of our heart when we want to be like him. And then, of course, whenever Jesus is asked a question, he always answers the question. I don't recall Anywhere in our studies, when somebody asked Jesus a question that he did not answer them. And he said unto them, verse two, when you pray, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, when you pray, say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. So once again, he, the Lord Jesus is reminding his disciples of the model prayer he taught them way back in the past, in the Sermon on the Mount, they had to be reminded, which tells me that after almost three years that they did not put into practice what Jesus had taught them in the first place. And of course, you know, Jesus doesn't rebuke them. He just reminds them, just like he reminds you and I concerning the scriptures. But notice that Jesus said, when you pray, see, this is an imperative. Amen. If a disciple is going to be a true disciple, then he's going to learn how to pray. Amen. He's going to develop a prayer life. And of course, you know, we know these things. We, we know these truths. Uh, number one, we put God first in our prayers. Uh, we consider that his name is holy. So we exalt the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus taught us that we are to pray in his name. Scripture teaches us that so that when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. Now, why do we do that? Well, it's because John Dunning without Jesus has no representation in heaven whatsoever. Heaven could care less about the name of John Dunning. But when John Dunning comes, amen, in the name of Jesus, heaven pays attention. Praise God. So the name of Jesus is the key. Now, the kingdom of God is going to come. Afterward, after we worship God, after we uh, praise him, after we acknowledge the fact of who God is, our father, which art in heaven, 
That's who God is. He is our heavenly father. He dwells in heaven. Amen. And after we praise him and worship him, consider his name is holy. And then we pray in his name. And then after we do that with our worship and with our praise, always in our praying, the kingdom of God comes first. And this is very important because when you're praying, the very first thing that you need to be praying is the word of God. And we'll see that as we go along. That has to do with the kingdom. The word of God has to do with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has to do with the word of God. So always we pray concerning things in of the kingdom. And we pray in his name. Praise God. And then also we pray for his will to be done. So we're talking about prayer here and uh, we're talking about uh, the prayer of praise. We're talking about the prayer of worship. We're talking about the prayer of consecration, praying concerning God's will. All of these things that Jesus is teaching us so we can get all different types of prayer mentioned in scriptures. We can get them out of this model prayer. And then in verse three, Jesus says this, give us day by day our daily bread. This is where petitionary prayers uh, come into being. Amen. Come into practice, come into action. So the first half of the prayer that Jesus is teaching has to do with Jesus. It has to do with God, has to do with Jesus, has to do with God's kingdom, has to do with God's will. The second part of this model prayer has to do with our needs. Amen. What concerns us. And so Jesus says, give us day by day. Give us this day. Matthew records. Give us this day our daily bread. So God is concerned about our needs, our everyday needs. Amen. Now, many of us, because we live in such a rich and prosperous country, uh, you know, we have provision to last us for days, weeks, months, maybe even years. But however, there are some in this country who have not been blessed like we've been blessed, you know, and maybe conditions and environment and things of that nature have prevented them from being stored up. So it's necessary for them to pray day by day for their daily bread. And I tell you, if people will exercise their faith, I remember something that George Mueller said. He said at the very beginning of my ministry, now he ministered, I think it was around 200 orphan children. He had a an orphan home that was not supported by any big corporation or company, not by any big church. This was his ministry. Amen. So the support came from him, his faith and his praying petitionary praying. And he said this at the very beginning of my ministry, it took every ounce of faith that I could muster to believe God and to believe in one dollar. He says, but now towards the end of my ministry, my faith now, the same amount of faith, the same degree of faith, I can believe God for a million dollars as well as I believe God in the very beginning for one dollar. So you see how faith grows in prayer. Amen. Prayer doesn't grow. Faith grows. Faith in God grows. Amen. And it adds a vitality. It adds a strength. Amen. It adds a power to our prayer. So remember that so that when we pray, the very first thing we go to is we go to the word of God. And we're, we'll recap this as towards the end of our session. 
And once again, verse three, give us this day our daily bread. So the second half of this model prayer concerns our needs. And then and we can spend a lot of time there in in this section uh, petitioning God. And we'll talk about petitionary prayer in in a moment. So uh, giving our day, you know, asking the Lord to give us day by day our daily bread just doesn't mean, you know, uh, food. It means other things, food, clothing, maybe a place to live. Maybe a car to drive to and from work. Maybe a means of transportation. How am I going to get to one place for another? You know, to how, how am I going to get, uh, you know, I applied for a job and they, they want me to come and, and they want to employ me. But how am I going to get transportation? Well, now that's another issue entirely, isn't it? I remember years ago, there was a, a, a fellow that we knew that was out of work, that was uh, getting ready to lose his home and they were going to be homeless. I mean, he had a wife, he had children, he had grandchildren, and uh, he was at wit's end. He didn't know what to do. He was depressed. He would he would sit down all day with his uh, head in, in his lap, in his hands, in his lap, and d- depressed. And when somebody told us that, well, praise God, we're going to change that. And so we came and we prayed. Patsy and I, we prayed. We prayed the prayer of agreement. We prayed in the name of Jesus. And you know what? God answered that prayer. Because after we prayed, somebody called him on the phone and said, listen, uh, I'm such and such and I need such and such and I want to hire you. And and this fellow, before he had knew what he was saying, he said, yes, absolutely. When do you want me to start? Well, I want you to start Monday. And that was just a couple of days. He hung up the phone. And he didn't have a vehicle. How am I going to get how am I going to get up to this next, this other state in order to work? Well, just then, just after that, a fella calls him, a friend, and he says, hey, listen, I just got a job at such and such a place in such and such a town. And uh, the, the fellow that we prayed for said, yeah, I did too. He said, well, why don't you just come and ride with me? So not only did God open up a job for this fellow, but provided him the transportation. <laughs> ah, glory to God to get there. And as far as I know, that man has been working ever since. Oh, I tell you, prayer is powerful. God is willing to answer our prayers, but we've got to come to him. We've got to meet certain conditions in order for him to do that. And then verse four, it says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. If there is a prayer killer, if there is a faith killer, maybe I shouldn't use that word killer. If there is a prayer and faith hinderer, it's unforgiveness. And so one of the things that we and this is a principle that we need to understand that if we pray and we do not get an answer, then we are the ones that are going to have to change because God and his word do not change. The Lord said, I am the God, I change not. And so if there's something hindering the answer to our prayer, we've got to find out what it is. And so we leave our petitions there and we go to the Lord and we start praying and opening up our heart to him. And we're asking the Holy Spirit. Now, what is it about me that is preventing my prayers from being answered? And the Holy Spirit will tell us if there's something in the way, the Holy Spirit will let us know. Amen. Now, there are times that God is like my friend said many, many years ago. He is the great 59 God. He is rarely early. 
He is never late. <laughs> At the 59th minute or the 59th second, he always shows up on time. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so we just need faith and patience. Amen. To, to wait on him, to wait and endure while we're waiting. We, and we're enduring patience. That's what patience means. Endurance until the answer comes. But a lot of times the reason why heaven seems locked over our head is because we're walking in unforgiveness. And, and Jesus taught us that if we come and we offer our gift at the altar and we we are reminded that we have ought against someone or someone has ought against us, we go to that person, we get that relationship restored, and then we come and we offer, amen, our, our gift at the altar. And Jesus said this, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. That your father may forgive you. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Amen. So forgiveness is a powerful enemy of answered prayer. So we make sure that we're walking in unforgiveness. I'm sorry. Unforgiveness is a powerful hindrance uh, to answered prayer. So let's just make sure that we are walking in forgiveness. And if somebody does something against us, we forgive them outright. Amen. Well, they hurt me so deeply. It's hard for me to get over it. Listen, don't go by your emotions. Go by faith. Forgive them by faith. Love them by faith and tell them that and tell yourself that I forgive so and so. When that thought comes to you about what they did, say, no, no, I don't accept that thought because I have forgiven them. I love them. And then you pray for them. And you may have to do that 100 times in a day. You may have to do that 70 times seven in a day, but you do it. You see. And after a while, the devil will realize, you know, I can't I can't get that person back into unforgiveness. So I'll just try another tactic and he'll just go off and leave you. Remember, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what is the Lord teaching here? Well, the Lord is teaching us to forgive us as as notice that as we forgive others. Amen. And then he says this, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us or sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Now, this is a very important point. You mean to tell me that God will lead us into temptation? He most certainly will. If you and I are not listening. If we're persisting in things that we shouldn't be persisting in. Yes, he will lead us into temptation. There is nothing that gets our our attention quicker than testing and trials. Now, some trials come upon us because of our our faith in Christ and our standing in Christ. That that is uh, that is not something that we need to change. I mean, if we're preaching the word of God and people come against us because we're preaching the word of God, well, then we just need to keep preaching the word of God. One thing you and I need to understand, we never stop speaking the word of God. Never stop speaking and preaching the word of God. Amen. And if people tell us to shut up, well, then we climb up on the housetops and we shout it from the housetops. You're not going to tell me to shut up. Not when it comes to the word of God. Praise God. Amen. Because that's the only thing. That's the only weapon that God has given us that the Holy Spirit is going to use to convict the hearts of people that are against us. So, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Well, 
how is it that the Lord is not going to lead us into temptation? Well, then we just follow the word of God. We submit to his will. Praise God. Amen. And I have a mind that if we don't follow this model of prayer, (laughs) then we're going to find ourselves in temptation, testing and trials. Amen. Concerning our unbelief. Concerning our walking in the flesh. I, I, I tell you, if we walk in the flesh, I guarantee you we're going to face, amen, temptations. But notice here, and deliver us. Notice, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. So who's the one that tempts us? It's not God. It's the devil. Well, how is the devil able to get to us? Well, God must allow it. And why does, why does God allow it? Because we're not walking in the light. Amen. Let's make sure you and I walk in the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, talking about Jesus, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's if I remember right, that's the perfect tense. In other words, the blood of Jesus continuously is cleansing us from sin if we're walking in the light as he is in the light. And what that means basically is that we're just being doers of the word of God. Whatever we hear, whatever we read in the scriptures, whatever we meditate on in the scriptures, then we're just careful to act that out, put it into practice. So when your pastor preaches a good word and you hear that word, then you and I, we need our our heart attitude should be, all right, Lord, now I'm going to put that into practice immediately. Amen. Praise God. And that's walking in the light. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. That's the model prayer. That's Jesus reminding him and reminding us and teaching us about uh, how we approach the father in prayer. What method, if you want to use that method, we'll use that word method, method employ. Amen. To develop a, a strong and powerful prayer life. Amen. And I would advise all of us to do that. And then in chapter, I mean, in chapter 11, once again, verse five, notice Jesus says, and he said to them, he uses now a parable. And this is the parable that teaches us and shows us how to get our petitions answered. Amen. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot notice that I cannot notice. It doesn't say I will not. He said, I cannot. I cannot. You know, cannots can be changed. Will not can't be changed. Remember the man that came to Jesus concerning his son. And Jesus said, if you believe all things are possible to him that believes. And what did the father say? Lord, I do believe. Help thou my unbelief. I I cannot come to that place of faith, uh, but I want you to help me come to that place. And Jesus did. He did by healing his son. Praise God. Amen. I cannot. Notice that. I cannot rise and give thee. Didn't say I will not. Said I cannot. You You see, the Pharisees would not believe. That means there wasn't any type of coaxing with um, any type of preaching or teaching or admonishing or exhorting that Jesus uh, could do to the Pharisees 
uh, to get them to switch from doubt and unbelief to faith. Their hearts were closed. Their minds were closed. One thing on their mind, they wanted to destroy Jesus. And so, in effect, what happened is uh, they were destroyed. And that's a shame. Uh, that's 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 grieving. There are many people in the world today that will not believe. Actually, they would like to see the church destroyed, the Christians destroyed, and they hate Jesus. Well, in the end, they're the ones that are going to be destroyed. Now, that's not God's choice. That's their choice. They made that choice. All right, verse 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, notice that, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Oh, glory to God. The man asked for three loaves and his friend, because of his importunity, and asking, his friend will give him every all that he needs. In other words, he's asking for three. Well, maybe he needs six. Well, his friend will give him six. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, you talk about being a blessing and going somewhere to bless. Praise God. But notice the word importunity. It comes from the Greek word anadiah, and it means shameless boldness. It means persistence in getting an answer to a petition. Persistence in getting an answer to a petition. Notice this concerns petitionary prayer. You stay there. Amen. You stay there until you know in your spirit that you've got an answer. Amen. The Holy Spirit will witness to you that it's coming. It's on the way. And you thank God for the answer and then you start praising, worshiping God. Amen. You got your faith there. Expectation is up. Praise God. Waiting for the answer to come. Now, the man didn't mind inconveniencing his friend. You say, well, we're just going to wait for an opportune time and then we'll pray. No, if you have a need, you pray. See, the man didn't mind inconveniencing his friend in order to get his petition met. And in the same way, in persistence in prayer, praying with shameless boldness, we continue to stand in faith. We continue to call out that petition that it is done in Jesus name and it will come to pass. Amen. There's a lot of times we pray and our mind is saying, you know, you're not going to get an answer to that prayer. I mean, you don't feel anything. Let me ask you a question. What does feelings have to do with getting prayers answered? Well, I don't feel like that prayer got through. Did you pray the word of God? Yeah. Did you pray by faith? Yeah, it got through. And we have to understand this, that prayers, answers to prayer delayed does not mean their, their answers are denied. It means that between your praying and the angel who brings the answer, there are some things going on that need that need to be overcome. Remember Daniel's prayer. He was fasting and praying for three whole weeks. And the angel told him, he says, from the moment you prayed, I came with your answer. The very moment you prayed, I came with the answer. But I was held up for three weeks 
by these evil princes, these principalities of Persia and these principalities that were stopping me and hindering me from getting the answer to you. But because you persisted in prayer, because you continued to pray, because you would not take no for an answer, because you would not quit, because you would not give up, but you stayed on your knees and you continued to pray, you pretend to call on the God who answers prayer. I broke through. Praise God. Hallelujah. What do you suppose would have happened is after a few hours or maybe a day or two, Daniel gave up and said, well, this, I'm just not going to get an answer to prayer. The angel wouldn't have broken through. But the fact that Daniel continued to pray, the fact that he persisted in prayer, there was importunity, a spirit of importunity in Daniel's prayer that caused him to get the angel to get through. Praise God. Amen. Yet we have to understand, we have to have this settled in our mind that God withholds no good thing from them who walk uprightly before him. So whatever whatever it is that you need, whatever that petition is, if it is scriptural, if it is in the word of God, God will grant it. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to have to leave it right here and we'll pick up this very place the next time. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, as we learn to follow Jesus and develop a prayer life. We know, Lord, that it would be filled with fruit, the fruit of answered prayer. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.